When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach, I'm here with Laura. Hey, you know what, we did something fun today. We officially have a Marriage Therapy Radio Fantasy Football League. We did our draft tonight. Um, We have 12 teams in the league. Laura's on one team, I'm on another team. That's 10 couples or families from all over the world. It's actually pretty cool. We have people from Connecticut, from Michigan, from Boston, from Utah, from Colorado, we have, uh, man, there's a lot. Of, it's really fun. Anyway, um, Jesse and Allie hung out with us tonight. Jen was there with her family and some questionable draft choices. Uh, Pete came and uh, Pete and I are playing each other in round one of our fantasy football league, which I will be talking about a lot during the season. But I just wanted to say thanks to those guys uh, and to the rest of you who are playing and who are interested. Uh, it's going to be fun. Laura did not make the draft, by the way. She was busy at the pool. But that's okay. That's allowed. So this week, you know, we've been talking a lot about like kind of how to make it work or what's going to, what do you do when you're struggling? Today, I just wanted to talk about some couples that are getting it right. Um, They actually are couples from my practice sometimes. Laura has a couple examples. These people really encourage me because they're doing something um, that's working um, that I can pass on to you, that I can use in my own life. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I have a ritual. So when I get into my office, wait, I always want to do this. Hopefully they could hear that. <laughs> I light a candle and I like put things in my office that are really soothing to me. Okay. Even though I'm not seeing clients today, but yeah. that's my rituals. I light my candle in the morning. That's and cool. It burns all day long. That's nice. Oh. Does it smell like something? It, oh, it smells amazing. I have a, a real thing for candles. I'm kind of obsessed. And I have been buying two different types of candles depending on the season. Okay. One is through Kohl's and it smells like sugar cookies. So you can okay. imagine when I'm burning sugar cookie smells. And then the other is through Walmart. And there's a, it's called All's Well. This is not, we're not sponsored by either of these <laughs> cheap candle companies, but they're, they're, you know, I just think it's, I think it's edifying that you're slumming it a little bit. Like you're, you're usually like, I have a sprinter van and I'm going on vacation. And now you're like, I shop at Walmart and yeah. I go to Kohl's. Yep. Yeah. Well, these were gifts from people. Actually, I discovered them because they were both gifts from someone. I fell in love with the smell and I buy them by the case. So I have a, a closet and that's where I store all of my, uh oh. My audio looks like it's up kind of high. I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I don't. Oh, let's just bring that down. That's so I store all of my candles and the ones from 
uh, Walmart are like $12 and they're huge. And so I just, I wake up in the morning, I light my candles, I turn on my music, I get the coffee pot going. Those are my morning rituals. And then they burn right all day long. So my, my office smells amazing and my yeah, house. Cool. Yeah. So I was telling you about melatonin and you yeah. have never, you don't take melatonin ever. I don't. And have you ever? No. I mean, I, maybe I've had it like once or twice or something, but I've never taken it as a way to help me relax or fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, it's a new thing. We got these uh, melatonin gummies and mm -hmm. they're five milligrams, which I think is sort of like the baseline kind of like minimum, minimum amount. Okay. And I started taking them. Uh, and I take them whenever I feel like I'm kind of amped up. If I had like an evening exercise and I'm amped up and I really need to mm -hmm. fall asleep. And I'm telling you, I have never felt more refreshed. I take it. Mm. I'm usually uh, like sleepy and asleep within 15 to 30 minutes. And that's really helpful for me if I know I have to wake up at five in the morning the next day. Mm. Otherwise, I get kind of stressed out where I'm like, oh, I got to wake up at five and it's already 1030. It's already 11. It's already 1130. What am I going to fall asleep? Mm. Anywho, that's my. What's my, your bedtime? Um, well, I go to bed whenever I put my kid down. So, you know, it gets, it's probably nine o'clock mm. now in the summer and it'll be about seven thirty, eight o'clock. <laughs> Good grief. I know. <laughs> I know. But that's when I go to bed. When I fall asleep is hopefully about nine thirty, ten o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Have you ever had COVID? Yeah, I think I have. I've never tested positive for COVID, but have okay. I ever had it? I think I've had it twice. Why are you All asking? Right. Uh, you? Was, have you ever I've, had COVID? I've never had it. As far as I know, like I've never, I, I have never had a period where I felt like I had it. Um, today I have a sore throat and I'm wondering if I have COVID. Mm. Is the sore throat part of COVID? Sure. I don't know. All of I the strains, strains are strains, strands, strand, strains. strains. Anyway, that's why I'm drinking ginger ale first thing in the morning, just to kind of like hit clear throat. your throat out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, well, it's either that or you're like, you have a bottle of Nalgene that has ice in it and you're shaking it around. I'm like, Hey, we're yeah. recording a podcast, like no background yeah. noise there, Bubba. I, um, um, yeah. COVID. Isn't it weird though? Like you can, it's so weird what, how you, anyway, you can get it. You can not get it. You can be like super masky and hand washy and stay inside and get it. And then you can be like licking doorknobs and you know, <laughs> hanging out with homeless people and, you know, kind of flaunting or whatever. And then you still don't get it. And it's like the weirdest thing. I don't, but I'm not, not trying to, not trying to underplay it, but this is the first time that I've had like anything that I would call a symptom and I'm, huh. I'm like worried. Yeah. The weird thing is how it Im impacts adults versus children because a lot of the kiddos or I've just known, people, right? Like my neighbors, they have COVID, they won't talk to us, but they're like just washing their car and doing their thing and you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. it's like the, but then I know other people who have been down for the count, but I, yeah. what, you, what were you saying? How it affects well, children? Like, like kids these days with whatever is floating around, they're throwing up and parents are not, they're looking for all of these like head cold symptoms mm -hmm. and are pretty surprised to find out that like, they're like, Oh, I thought my kid had food poisoning or something. And turns out it was COVID, but mm -hmm. none of the adults that I'm talking to are throwing up. So it's yeah. kind of, yeah. Okay. What's on your mind? Because I totally hijacked the last podcast with what <laughs> I wanted to talk about. And I am 100% game to do whatever no, you want to talk totally about. I, I, I just, uh, every once in a while I sit around and I'm just like, there's what's on my mind. And, uh, we talk a lot about kind of how to fix what's broken or how to like do things better. And I, I realized the other day that I have at least two clients in my practice right now 
and they're just doing great. Like they're well, just great. doing amazing. Like I don't actually know why they come in to see me. Okay. Um, except that part of why they're doing great is that they ask for help. Right. Um, Ooh, and the reason why they're doing great is because they ask for help. Yeah, I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's just part of it. It's not, it's not, it's not a necessary ingredient, but I, I wanted to talk today about just like couples that are getting it right. I mean, do you just know people who are just, I mean, they don't even have 100%. to be in your practice, but like they're just getting it right. And, and it's not like Facebook, Instagram, right. Where they have the, like the right pictures and they went on the right vacations and they published. <laughs> I'm talking about people who authentically have maybe no reason to listen to a marriage therapy podcast, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause they're just doing fine. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, I, I can talk about at least these two couples, but do you have those people in your world where you just look around and you go, who's, who, who's getting it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even ask my couples to keep an eye out and become more aware of the couples that are getting it right in their environment, just so that they can sort of glean, um, some of the energy from those people. Like, what is it about this couple mm-hmm. that you look at and you go, man, they're getting it right. Is it because, you know, they, they play together. Is it because they're workout buddies? Is it because they work really well as a team? They have goal setting. I mean, I'm just, I'm always curious what other people think means getting it right. But yeah. yeah, I have couples in my practice and they also kind of like wax and wane. Sometimes they come on and they're like all, you know, high five in each other and they're super mm-hmm. pumped on how they showed up in the last couple of weeks with, for one another. And then other times they're on the struggle bus, but I would say all the couples in my practice are getting it right at one point or another. Yeah. Yeah. That's not exactly who I'm talking about. The people who are like, I'm talking about the people that you're sort of like, what is their secret? Mm-hmm. Or what is, why, again, in this case, like, why are they in here? Um, so well, it's like, it's like looking at somebody that's super fit that's at the gym and you're like, why are you here? You're mm-hmm. already fit. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, because you have to continue. You have to yeah. have that. I'm fit that because system. I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We have a good marriage because we're here, because we prioritize yeah. it because we're here with Zach and we're making our marriage, you know, top of priority, top of mind. Yeah. I, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes in the, in the intake assessment, when I'm interviewing a couple and I'll, I'm asking them just about the overall culture of their relationship, I'll ask them like about their parents, which I do a hundred percent of the time. But then I also mm. ask them just like, are, are there couples in your life that you, that, uh, that are getting it right? And it's really weird how, how much they struggle to answer that question. Like sometimes they're just like, I, I don't really know. Like I'm sort of asking, who's your mentor? Like, who do you look to? Who do you go? Mm-hmm. That's the target. Mm-hmm. And there's not, there's not a lot of like ready answers in that to that question. There's always like a, do you have people in your world who are also struggling? I'm kind of normalizing it. And they're like, Oh yeah, everybody we know. But, totally. Um, I'll tell you about okay. this one couple. I feel like I've already, well, unless you have something. To- well, I just wanted to interject because I, um, statistically that you were talking about people in our circle and relationships. Mm-hmm. Did you know that if somebody in your immediate circle of friends gets a divorce, you're, you have a 75% more likely chance of getting a divorce. And if your somebody percentage jumps up and, by 75, mm-hmm. 70, mm-hmm. yeah. And then if somebody, a friend of a friend, so not maybe the friend of the friend that's uh, a friend of a friend that gets a divorce, your percentage is in the third. 30% increased likelihood. So like our relationships are really contagious, which is really interesting of what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, we normalize what's near us, you know, yeah. like if divorce is a thing that's kind of just happening in our world and it increases the chances that we are going mm-hmm. to get divorced, then maybe 
an alternative strategy is to surround yourself with people who are actually getting it right and who are healthy Yeah. so that it just like, I don't know, does that increase your chances of staying together? Where did you find all this? That's actually really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually think I might end up doing like a solo podcast one of these days because this is a talk that I gave uh, last week. I was in Salt Lake City and got hired to to give a talk and it's all about the importance of your social network. But I think it's important to understand who you are surrounding yourself with. And part of that is how is it impacting your life? Because our relationships are incredibly contagious. We don't think they are um, in adult life, but we warn kids all the time, like, be careful the kids that you choose, you know, like if they start jumping Mm. off bridges, you're going to start jumping off Mm. bridges too. Well, it turns out as adults, your relationships are also incredibly contagious. And Mm. um, yeah, so thinking about the people who are getting it right is really important and pertinent to what I was talking about. Um, Yeah, so let me, I think I maybe have already talked about this couple before, but um, they they are the ones that kind of started this inquiry for me because I'm literally like, what what are we doing here? Um, And I, and I told them this actually, this is, this is what I think they do. Um, this is what is true about them that I think is important and it won't surprise anybody based on kind of the, if you're a regular listener, but they do three things that I think, um, are unique among couples in my practice. Number one, they are committed to self improvement and self care. Mm -hmm. They, they definitely are independent enough and clear enough about their own need. And then they are responsible for meeting that need for themselves. Mm-hmm. So he is really into like, um, music. And so he proactively goes out to shows and she's really into exercise. So she has a whole part of her life that he's not really a part of. Like he, he will exercise with her, but like, that's a thing that she doesn't like, they are just very, and, and they're both in therapy. I mean, they both have their, uh, well, actually she is, he's got his own like kind of self-care mental health kind of care regimen. But that's a, a number one factor is like, like I just I'm always very confident and impressed with how proactive they are about their self-care. Hmm. So that's number one. It's interesting that you lumped uh, the fact that he really enjoys music and so he goes out for shows. I don't think that's what most people would consider a self-care is the idea of having sort of individual passions that light each other up independent of their own partner. Yeah. I mean, I would say they have found a very interesting, um, sort of balance of independence and interdependence. Um, and their, their self-care is very tied to their independence. Mm. Um, and so that's where they each get, they have that kind of the freedom and even like the proactivity to make choices that protect them or protect them, you know, personally. Yeah. I I actually have, you said their self-care is tied to their independence. Mm -hmm. I have a client, Mm -hmm. two people, a couple, where it is the exact opposite. He says, my self-care is tied to my interdependence with my partner. And she says, my self-care is tied to my independence from my partner. And that's an interesting rub that they're experiencing. And just that's part of our, you know, main main conversation is how do we make that work when you have two Mm -hmm. people where they're just needs of feeling good and I don't know, energized Mm self-care is very different from one another and actually kind of in complete, uh, duels with the other. Yeah. um, Well, sort of because, because part two is they are extremely generous Mm. with the full tank that they create for themselves. Okay. So while they are extremely independent, 
when they come back together, they leverage that full tank that like, like whether it's gratitude, like, thank you so much for letting me go to the concert or, you know, she, uh, you know, so maybe grateful for the time that he spent, you know, covering the kid while she was out on a long run or something. And she comes back and she my husband and I, no, Um, I'm not actually. Okay. Um, no, uh, not that you and Ryan aren't like this, but I'm just like, it's notable to me Mm -hmm. how, like generous and thoughtful and curious they are, right? Okay. How was your run or what was the concert like? Like they really are Mm -hmm. interested in sort of learning about and connecting to. And I don't know, frankly, if this comes from like their personality or if this is like a choice that they made or, but I just, it's notable to me Mm -hmm. that there's never a sense of like uh, possessiveness around my time. Mm. Um, or that now that I have my time, um, you know, I mean, I'm sort of entitled or I'm, I'm better or whatever else. So those two things, I think, uh, again, when I think about like, wow, why, what's going on with them? It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a commitment to their own personal health and well being, And then it's mm-hmm. a, like a, ver- a very, very generous, uh, mm-hmm. you know, extension of that wellness into the relationship. Mm. Um, and it shows up all kinds of ways, yeah. you know, I love that. Well, I mean, we talked in our last podcast about generosity and about giving and mm-hmm. specifically around mm-hmm. the idea of time. Mm-hmm. And this it makes me think a lot about the scarcity mindset versus a growth mindset. And, and how do you create growth mindset around time in your relationship? And I think it does start a lot with generosity and encouragement and go do. I'm so excited that you get to go, you know, fill your cup up. And when you fill your cup up, you come back to the relationship and you have a lot more to give. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's pretty neat. So there's two things. Is there a third? There is a third. Um, and it's, it's sort of unrelated, but um, it is also notable, but reflecting on the first two, if we're going to talk about these ideas of independence and interdependence, I think, I think what, what this couple does is they have a very strong, um, like commitment to thoughtful independence and thoughtful interdependence. That's maybe the way mm-hmm. I would put that. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm inviting anyone to right now, because again, I don't know if this is a natural aptitude that they have, but if you're thinking about like, what, what does it mean for us to get it right? I think that there's part of that that is really something that to be explored individually. Hmm. Um, the third you- thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I think it's going to be different for every couple. Yeah, of um, course. But it, it is helpful to be able, especially like around your value system and identifying as a couple, like what do we really value in our relationship? What is it that we might be getting right? And also looking around at the people in your environment or maybe even just like as sad as this is, like couples on television that mm-hmm. aren't really even real. Um, what mm-hmm. do you witness? Uh, and even you mentioned Instagram and I think about this of like, what do you see on Instagram that makes you yearn for that? What do you see that mm-hmm. you have a desire for? Because there's probably some information in there and it might be that you see two people, you know, at the top of the mountain skiing together. And it's something like, Hey, we ditched the kids today and we just went out and skied. Mm-hmm. And that, that sort of lights you up. That's probably really good information about where your value system is and what you want to get right as a couple. It's like mm-hmm. we want to play together. Yeah. You know, it's funny, this couple, uh, <laughs> they are kind of like you guys. They also had one kid mm-hmm. on purpose. They were like, yeah. we're one and done because yeah. they were like, this is, this is, this feels complete to us. This feels like our family. Mm-hmm. You know, we have priorities as a, as a couple that we don't want to like 
um, be filtering through the number of children that we have. So, I mean, it's like, so I guess they are kind of like you guys. Maybe I secretly am talking about you. Um, are they really good looking? They're both. Yeah. Yeah. They're both yeah. really good looking people. Um, well, this is a fun game. I can maybe they have going. another thing going for them. Well, well, it is a fun <laughs> game because the third thing is also true, at least of, of uh, what I know about you guys, um, is that they are notably sex positive. Mm. Like they, it's sex awesome. is not an area of, um, of tension or of struggle for them. It is an area of discovery and play. Mm-hmm. And they openly talk about, um, their own individual sexuality and how they, I mean, they will, they will un almost as though I'm not in the room, they will replay lovemaking sessions mm-hmm. from say the, the last week mm-hmm. and just talk about like, did that work for you or what did you like? And, and, um, a, they having that conversation, period. Right. B, they're having it in front of somebody, which just means to me, again, like there's this layer of of just positivity and mm-hmm. openness about it mm-hmm. that isn't, tr- you know, caught up in all the trappings of posterity or whatever. Yeah. And there's no shame there. So again, I don't know if that's just part of their personality or something that they actually like proactively cultivated, but, mm-hmm. but when I think about like aspirationally what I want for even myself, or couples in the world. I want them mm-hmm. to be confident in their independent and like their independent health and well-being. I want them mm-hmm. to be generous toward their partner. Yeah. And I really hope that their relationship is sex positive where they can sort of reap the benefit of this. We've talked a lot about how there's kind of this privilege in a long-term committed relationship, which is I get to solicit sex from you anytime I want, <laughs> which is not universal, but it's unlike just being on the street or at their bar or at your job. Like you right. can't, so this, this privilege is withheld for this person in the same way conflict is, but that's a whole other podcast. But, um, but because it's a privilege inside their relationship, they're just like, okay, hmm. guess we better steward this privilege. Like mm-hmm. we better learn as much as we can about it. So I don't know if you're, if you're looking for a roadmap, uh, that'd be three things that I would offer up as evidentiary in my world right now for a couple that's getting it right. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I want to talk about couples that are getting it right in my life, because as you've been talking, I've been kind of scanning my social social network and a couple of things that pop out. We actually had this couple. Geez, we we interviewed this couple. I want to say about five or six years ago. This is when we were doing the Marriage in Motion Mm -hmm. um, series. And it's a Mm -hmm. couple and they own a chiropractic practice in Mm -hmm. Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. And the reason why they stand out to me is that. They just recently did, I think it's called like eat the wolf. Um, but it's a, I want to say it's like a 50 K mountain climb. So they're going up a mountainside. Mm. It's 50 kilometers, which is more than a marathon distance and they're gaining. And, um, this is just something that they've done. I think in the last couple of years, you build a team and you do it together, but it is one of many things that this couple has done together. And it's not just physical things, whether they're competing in triathlons or whatever it might be, but they also have like three small kids and they're doing 
putting it together. And that's the thing that's really impressive to me is that they have built this chiropractic practice together. Um, something that I think if I remember correctly, they told us is that every year they have this sort of like two day game planning session where they will go away from the kids. They'll sit down with their notebook. It's the same notebook that they write in every year. And then they look at the goals that they set the last year and they set new goals for the coming year. And I think they have kind of a series of like shorter term goals, longer term goals. But I just really appreciate a couple that is incredibly intentional in doing life together and being focused on how they're going to come together and strengthen each other. Cause it's really, you can accomplish a lot on your own, but when you have the strength of the two of you working toward a common goal together, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So that's one couple well, that I'm always I, impressed by. You said the word that I was like listening for, which is this idea of intention. Like there's something mm-hmm. like the thing that they do, they do on purpose. Right. Um, and I, I want to hear about your other couple, but it, like it latched on immediately to a couple I had mm-hmm. in my practice yesterday. Hmm. And I actually was like surprised, like I was sort of jolted to surprise by this, this guy, he came in and he had his phone out and I was kind of like, and then he started like kind of scrolling through his phone. He goes, okay, here's the four things you told me last time I was here three weeks ago. And here's four updates on the four things that you told me. Mm -hmm. So like he kind of bait and switched to me, right? I thought he was just going to be like, detached totally. from, yeah, from yeah. the moment disinterested. And then, and then he was like, here is how I've actively engaged this process that I uh, am paying you for here. Mm-hmm. You know, like some couple, I mean, plenty of people come in they don't have no books. That's fine. Like you come in process, you just therapy, however you want. But this guy was writing stuff down, taking notes, coming back, mm-hmm. reporting on this progress. And I was like, man, that is, nobody does that. Like you're getting it right. Kind of. Mm-hmm. So, but there's an, a measure of intention about whatever, Maybe, maybe these guys that, you know, these chiropractors, if they're in therapy, I would imagine they'd be, they'd have notebooks, you know, and they would be, be checking in with the thing that, that, that was being asked of them in those settings. And okay. So I'm going to say this and I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to make an assumption that I think it's more his personality Mm -hmm. to be highly driven and motivated. And I think that she's a little bit more Mm laissez-faire, but this is a, we just keep iron sharpens iron. Is that a biblical quote? It is. Or, yeah. okay, man, we are just pulling out the biblical quotes. Yeah. Recently. I'm repenting from the one lady who got mad at me that one. <laughs> so uh, as iron sharpens iron, so one, finish it for me. So uh, one man sharpens another or something like that. Yeah. So one yeah. man sharpens another. Um, and I, that's the thing that I think about with this particular couple is that <clears throat> when it comes to goal setting and being highly intentional and having maybe even setting goals that seem unachievable, right? Like being a little more daring, a little more, more courageous. I am thinking that she has been sharpened by in this way. Not Mm -hmm. that, not that like, you know, he comes in, he's the stronger Mm -hmm. one in the partnership, but when it comes to this specific quality in the relationship, I'm thinking that he has really sharpened her over time and they have become more equally yoked. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, but the, 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 the part of that, that sounds consistent with even this, this, this couple I was telling you about at the top, you know, this metaphor about ironing, sharpening iron, there's this idea that the blades kind of hone one another, mm-hmm. but you know, blades can also wound and cut and somehow they've created a, a posture with one another that they're willing to be sort of engaged versus just, you know, using their knife for, mm-hmm. he's not trying to like carve her. Right. right? 
Um, oh boy. That brings up some, a whole lot of other thoughts. Yeah, of course. I, I think that that is the case though. Um, in a lot of relationships is feeling sure. as if your partner is coming into a place, boy, that is such a delicate balance, right? Mm-hmm. Of saying, no, I want us to be bigger, stronger, faster, whatever it might be together. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to sharpen us. And that can come in if you, if it's not well played, like mm-hmm. you said, it can come in as contempt of I'm better than you and totally. I'm wanting to fix you and I want to make you better because there's something wrong with you versus I want to do this together. We are moving in this path together that we've co-created. And I want that because there's nobody else in this world that I'd want to do that with. Yeah, totally. It's, it's like, it's that first argument that Claudia Groff grounds came up with, but why aren't you more like me? Mm-hmm. I'm constantly, the reason we're getting into this debate is because you're not more like me. So I guess I better get my carving tools out. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Let me tell you about this other couple. Okay. <clears throat> this other couple constantly, uh, and I've told her this, it's friends of mine. I'm glad that these are people that I, you know, are in my life, but she's constantly saying he is my best friend. There is mm-hmm. nobody else I would want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to make an appointment with me, that's great, but I just need you to know that it's going to come second to when I want to spend time with my best friend. And that's mm-hmm. my husband. Mm-hmm. And they are always doting on each other. They love genuinely just spending time with one another, but it's, verbalized. I mean, there is no doubt that everyone in their life knows how much they enjoy one another and how Mm -hmm. much they are friends first, lovers Mm -hmm. second, Mm -hmm. parents third. And I don't know if that's how they would (laughs) rank it, but that's how it came out of my mouth. But um, I just, I find that the way that they talk about each other, the way that they lift one another up, there is very little um, space that she gives to complaining about him in a way that isn't uh, constructive. Meaning, mm. I think it's totally okay to bounce ideas off of a friend and say, kind of struggling in this area. And I wonder, wonder what you think. It involves my husband in our relationship. But then there's other times where I feel like I'm bombarded with the verbal diarrhea of complaints and mm. just the c- constant venting session. And that just never happens. It's like, hey, this mm-hmm. is, this is somebody that I love. And if I'm going to spend time talking about this person that I love, it's going to be lifting them up and it's going to be constructive. So right that's, that's something I find in my circle. Yeah. Okay. I got one more. Okay. Maybe if I put this, if I labeled this, so we have, um, we have that first couple where they have independence and interdependence and mm-hmm. sex positive. We have your chiropractor couple. They're very, um, intentional, mm-hmm. um, and engaged that it, I, I would say the same is true of that guy who came in with his notebook. We got the mm-hmm. other couple that you described, which is they, uh, they're very clear about their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, the friendship is like paramount. All cool. All excellent things. And I think this last couple, if I had a, one more label, I would call it aware, like awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is how they showed it to me. And it just, I love this story. I think I'll tell it forever, but she was, they're retired now. And they were traveling in two different locations and they went uh, during COVID to their, I think it was their grandson's like preschool graduation okay, or maybe like first school, first grade graduation. This was on zoom and the kid was there and he was like enjoying the whole thing. And he made this curious comment about why aren't my grandparents together? Why aren't Nana and Papa in the same place? That doesn't make sense. Hmm. And that is now their thing. Us not being together doesn't make sense. 
And so when they get into conflict or when they get into stress or strain, that's where they go. They go, they go, hold on a second. Something doesn't make sense. Mm. Something doesn't make sense here right now. That's their, Mm -hmm. that's their thing. Mm -hmm. And it came out of just this awareness of how she was struck in particular by this experience with her grandson Mm -hmm. who, who kind of named this like, wait, these two people are in different, you know, (laughs) geographic or screen. They're on different screens. Why aren't they together? Because it makes, anyway, I think, um, there's something about having a thing or having a motto or having a very clear, mm-hmm. like, 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 uh, almost like mantra strategy yep. when it comes to like, who are we? Well, all we know is it doesn't make sense for us not to be together. So when we start to do things that feel like it's, they're pulling us apart, yeah. like an argument, or maybe yeah. we've been traveling too long, we kind of go, well, this doesn't make sense. I wonder what else is happening that we need to, instead of going, you're not making sense, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think, I think if I had a label for this couple getting it right, it would be in particular about awareness of, of kind of the story mm-hmm. and then kind of a, a leaning into that, the story that you want. So you mentioned mantra and I have a bracelet around my wrist, uh, that my son made. And this mm-hmm. is our family mantra. We have two mantras in our house. We have a family mantra and then we have a couple mantra. Can you see mm-hmm. that? Okay, I can so- see the bracelet. I can't read it. Yeah. It says three best friends. That's our, that's our family mantra. Um, but if somebody was to say, Hey, that's really neat. Three best friends. Cool. What does that mean? I would kind of have to pause for a second and be like, uh, what does three best friends mean? Like, what does that mean? Mm. Um, to us as a family, when we say three best friends, um, it's sort of a mantra that we say to each other in a time when we're all snuggled up together. And it's just kind of like a reinforcement of like, we're all here together. We've got each other's back. This feels so good to all be together. But I have, I really have to think about if you're going to be that couple that's aware and has a mantra or has that thing that stands out where you're kind of like, this is what we do. This is what we say. This is who we are is to really understand what's underneath it. Like, who are you? Why is that the mantra? what does it represent? So, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. That's like that couple I told you about. They, um, kind of similar. They, we did the values exercise in our, in our office and mm-hmm. that they ended up with four words and they just bought a home, uh, four of words oh, yeah. that represented their values. They just bought a home with four columns on the front Yeah, and they painted those four words on the front of their house. Yeah. And they kind of, I mean, they were like, they're on the hook now for yeah. those things they're that they are it. about. And so they had to kind of proactively form, their own uh, expression of that. So I don't know. I, I feel like I get, I kind of get, I kind of get tired of talking about the problems all the time. So I'm happy to have a moment to talk about sort of mm-hmm. solutions and what's going well and what is actually inspiring to me and what's encouraging to me. And so I don't, I hope that was helpful for people. Let's land this plane, shall we? Okay. Yeah, you got okay. it. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just a minute ago, I was mentioning a video series that Zach and I created a little while ago. It's still available. You can find it at forbetter.us, F-O-R-B-E-T-T-E-R dot us, available to you for free as a gift. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.